0: Welcome to Talk, Talk, Vote, a podcast by the League of Women Voters, Kansas City, Jackson, Clay, and Platt Counties. Rachel, this uh, little junior pod that we're doing is all about HB 1878. And HB 1878 is going to affect the way that we vote, the way we register to vote.
1: It changes a lot of things about the voting system at large. Can you explain it to me?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So can we start with voting? Can you explain to me how this will change voting for people in Missouri?
1: Absolutely. I'm going to talk about three different options for casting your ballot. The first way and the way that most folks do it is to vote on election day. So the way you do that is you arrive at your assigned polling location, which you can find on vote411.org. You must bring with you a non-expired Missouri or U.S. issued photo ID. That means a Missouri driver's license, a Missouri non-driver's license, a U.S. passport, or a military ID. What happens if you don't have one of those forms of ID is that you will cast a provisional ballot. And from there, there are two different possibilities for what happens. If you simply forgot your valid photo ID at home, you can return to that polling location on election day before polls close and present your valid photo ID and your vote will be counted. If you don't have a valid photo ID, your signature will be checked against your signature on the voter registry. And if your signature matches, your vote will count. Your second option is that you can go vote in person, no excuse absentee, starting the Tuesday two weeks before election day. Election day this year is November 8th. And so starting the Tuesday two weeks before, which is October 25th, You can go in-person to your central polling location and cast a no-excuse absentee ballot as long as you have your valid photo ID. Important to note, if you don't bring valid photo ID to do this in-person absentee voting, you cannot cast a provisional ballot, unlike if you go in-person on election day. Then your third option is starting the Tuesday six weeks before election day, which this year is September 27th. You can go, again, in person to a central polling location and cast an absentee ballot uh, with a valid photo ID. This time, however, you must have an excuse. And acceptable absentee excuses are absence on election day from the jurisdiction of the election authority in which you're registered to vote, incapacity or confinement due to illness or physical disability, including a person who is a primary uh, caretaker for a person who is incapacitated or confined, employment as an election authority at a location other than your polling place, if you're a first responder, a healthcare worker, or a member of law enforcement, if you are incarcerated, but otherwise you retain all your voting rights or if you uh, participate in the Address Confidentiality program. Ooh. I was excited to see that. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: I wonder how many in-person absentee ballots are cast by people in the Witness Protection Program. We'll never know.
1: We'll never know. (gasps) I thought this was going to be dry and boring. Ha ha. Voting is never dry and boring, Anne. This is what you spend your life doing.
0: (laughs) Good point. Good point. Okay. I don't want to, though. I just like democracy.
1: We want to start our campaign to make the dandelion the national flower. Absolutely. That's next. That's what I
0: want to be spending my time doing. So I think I already registered,
1: but I want to make sure. How do I check my registration? It is incredibly easy to check your voter registration. All you got to do, go to vote411.org. There's a button right up at the top that says, check your voter registration. And you go right there and you check your voter registration. Easy as pie. Though you
0: do have to get your address exactly right, which is kind of a pain for me because I live on 70th Street. I actually live on East 70th street Ooh. and if i don't get the e and then the is it st or is it spelled out street or so sometimes i have to take a couple of runs at it before i can actually get the right configuration so yeah. i'm gonna damper your easy peasy just a tiny <laughs> bit but do you know what else they have at vote Four One One? what else do they have well they like talk to the candidates okay. they ask a couple of questions and then they just write their answers right there on vote for one one hey that's pretty cool oh my god it's awesome wait so the
1: candidates does that mean that i can see who i would be voting for
0: you can see exactly who you're voting for at your location if you can type the address (laughs) in correctly with the right (laughs) you know version of east or e or 70th street or street or or whatever uh yeah you can see exactly who's on your ballot and then you know what else you can do you can fill it out you can do your research or you can have someone else in your house do your research like I do because I'm too busy protecting the damn vote. <laughs> my so husband you tells do, them- you do
1: whatever you your husband says.
0: I do. I I I my husband tells me who to vote for. And then you can email it or print it or otherwise send it to yourself so that when you go sit down to vote you just go bunk 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 done.
1: Is that the sound effect you make when you vote? You go bunk 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 bunk.
0: Well, um Not me, but, you know, it's the little uh, chimes that I take in with me. And then I have a little automatic (laughs) stamper thing and it goes, bonk, bonk.
1: Yeah. I like it. I like that.
0: Yeah. All right. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. What if it turns out I wasn't registered to vote? How do I get registered to vote?
1: So don't worry about that too much. The voter registration deadline for this election is October 12th. So just make sure that you have everything done before then. There are a couple options for how you register to vote. One way is to go to sos.mo.gov. That's the Missouri Secretary of State's website. And you can register to vote using their fully online form. You can also register to vote by printing out and mailing in the voter registration form that you would get from there. If you find yourself at the DMV, either applying for or renewing your driver's license, there's also an option there to register to vote. Yeah, I then... thought you were
0: about to throw some shade at the public library.
1: No, 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 no. I one. was
0: about to get <laughs> mad at you.
1: <laughs> and then your third option is that you can go to the library, go to your public library and register to vote. One important thing to note is that within seven days of receiving your registration, your local election authority should mail verification that your registration has been received and processed. So if you don't receive that verification, you should probably get in touch with your local election authority to just check, make sure you're registered, see if there's something going on, make sure that you are registered before the election.
0: Yeah, and I think they answer the phone.
1: They do. Yeah. They're good people. Yeah,
0: they are good people. So what if I need to change my name or if I moved? What if I moved to an easier street like Mulberry (laughs) Street?
1: You still got street there, though. I don't know. So if you've moved to a different address, but you're still within the same election authority, which in most cases in Missouri is just if you're in the same county in St. Louis and Kansas City, though, Um, Those cities have separate election jurisdictions. But So if you've moved within your election jurisdiction, you're permitted to change your registration address on election day at your new polling place, which is cool. But if you are moving outside of the boundaries of your election jurisdiction, you will need to fill out a new registration application.
0: And is that due by the 12th of October as well? Or do you have more time for that?
1: Nope, you do not have more time for that.
0: What if I can't be there at all? What if I can't get out of my house? What if I can't go in person?
1: For more information about absentee voting, I would highly encourage you to visit the Secretary of State's website. That's the S-O-S dot uh, Because, so these changes came about as a result of the law HB 1878, And one of the changes in that law is that we cannot talk to you about absentee voting.
0: Let me make sure I got that straight. We can't talk about absentee voting much because of the new law. Exactly. There are ways in which we are prevented from speaking freely about publicly available knowledge that one might find on the Secretary of State's website.
1: Indeed. And if we did talk about it, we could be charged with a crime that would, because it would be an election related crime, take away our right to vote forever. <sighs> irony of ironies. All right. Well, thanks for that info, Rachel. You are welcome.
0: All <laughs> right. Thank you, Greg Woodham, so much for coming to talk to us. We're really glad that you're here to tell us all about this bill that just passed the Missouri legislature this past session and then was signed by the governor just a few weeks ago.
1: We're going to go ahead and start out. I would love to ask you to just give us like the top three or four big takeaways from this bill, and then we're going to dive into the details because I know there's a lot.
2: Okay, so here are the top three. And number one, this is the most known takeaway, is that the bill has photo ID when you vote requirements. And not only just any photo ID, but a non-expired issued by the state of Missouri or issued by the federal government ID. And there's a lot to go into in the details there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, but that's the most known one. And there are more than 200,000 voters in Missouri who do not have photo ID. Now, number two, which I consider to be equally, if not perhaps more consequential are, is the provisions where the secretary of state has been granted broad and um, undefined, powers under this act. The most important item here is that under the legislation, it really and truly does tee up the Secretary of State to conduct voter purges, as we have seen in Texas and Florida and in Georgia. That is what I consider the most underappreciated part of the bill. And then the third one is one that places restriction on the, the very act of registering people to vote, it prohibits anybody being paid to register people to vote. And by being paid, you could be on staff. For example, if uh, somebody is on staff of the League of Women Voters, if somebody's on the staff of the Sierra Club and they register people to vote, they can't. It's against the law. And on top of that, volunteers must register with the Secretary of State if they are going to be registering more than uh, 10 people um, in an electoral cycle. So and again, there's a lot to go into the details there. So those are the top three. Rachel, you know that there's a whole lot more, but you asked for the top three and I'll, I've given you that.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Okay, so then if you want to dive in a little bit more, I I know you said, and I totally agree that the photo ID requirement is the most widely known. And I would love to hear more about, you said there are more than 200,000 voters in Missouri without valid photo ID right now. Can you just talk a little bit more about what exactly is going to happen as a result?
2: So first of all, you have had a group of people a lot of elderly people who have been using as photo ID an expired driver license. Since their driver license has expired, now they're going to have to go through these super duper hoops to get an ID. The other thing is there are a lot of people who just plain don't drive. There are people that have in the past used the student ID Um, But it is just one more thing. Um, So anyway, that's that's the immediate impact of that. There is a silver lining here and that is in order for this bill to have advanced, there was a provision thrown in that provided a two-week period of no excuse absentee voting in the state of Missouri. But that provision only holds if photo ID is not struck down. If, if photo ID is struck down in court, that provision goes away. The thing that, that's important to know about no excuse absentee voting is that what it does is it gives you more time on the clock. You place a lot of stress on election administration by having everything happen on one day. And if you can have Uh, hold elections over a longer period of time, there's less stress on the election administration, less stress on the poll workers, less stress on the election judges. That is one of the most underappreciated elements of the bill.
1: All right. So the second point that you mentioned that uh, I hadn't perhaps, as you mentioned, taken as seriously as as I definitely should is that the Secretary of State has been granted these kind of like broad, undefined powers that potentially includes the power to purge voter rolls. Can you talk a little bit more about what all the powers are that that the Secretary of State has been granted?
2: Okay, so the most important element to consider here is that elections in Missouri are administered locally, and they're done in a nonpartisan way. The Secretary of State is a partisan administrator. And so what you're doing is you're introducing the potential for partisanship. Number two is that the law gives the Secretary of State the power to uh, have audits of the voter registration rolls and to invoke voter maintenance programs if he finds that an election authority is not complying with his maintenance standards he has then the ability to withhold funds from that election authority which should make you worried if you live in that jurisdiction because the power to withhold funds from an election authority is the power to withhold elections so
0: before the secretary of state was restricted in how they could take people off the rolls.
2: The secretary of state could not take people off the rolls. The secretary of state could not say, conduct this audit.
0: Ah, that's the answer I was looking for. Okay. Interesting. and now now the person in that position can.
2: He can. And he can also say, and by the way, I'm taking your money away from you if you don't do things the way I tell you to do.
1: So the third thing that you mentioned were the restrictions on third-party voter registrars. And can you talk a little bit more about that and how that might very specifically impact um, our listeners, members of the League of Women Voters, whose often primary involvement with the League is going out and registering voters
2: yes so one of the big stumbling blocks we're coming across now as we're trying to figure out the law is that the law doesn't say if you register more than 10 people in an election cycle okay you you must register with the secretary of state it says if you solicit more than 10 voter registrations in a cycle. Nowhere in the law do they define soliciting voter registration. This is the new world of, uh, of voter registration. I think it's one of these uh, unusual parts of the bill where you're actually constructing penalties that could affect people that up till today have been thinking they've been doing something very patriotic, registering people to vote.
1: Okay, so I have some questions that I highlighted when I was reading the bill because I knew we were about to talk to an expert and so I wanted to pick your brain about them. So they have a fair amount in here that refers specifically to electronic voting machines and talking about air gapping and that type of stuff. Are those additions to the current statutes, are those a quantifiably good thing? Have they changed our election laws for the better, or is it kind of a smokescreen? What what are they really doing there?
2: The law has caught up to practice. There was a period of time, I think in the 1990s, where maybe as much as 20% of uh, the voting machines in the country, directly recorded your vote and it did not produce a paper ballot. Today, in all of Missouri, a paper ballot is created when you vote. There are touchscreen machines, but those touch screen machines do produce a paper ballot. Now, the thing that's important about paper is that a paper ballot serves to determine the election outcome, that it also is there to produce a durable audit trail. If you have an audit trail, nobody can go around saying there was fraud. That is part of the disinformation that we've seen over the last two years, this notion that there's been fraud. Well, if there had been fraud, you should be able to go back to all of those paper ballots. And that's what has been used to verify the results of, of all of these elections. So. Rachel, as you said, neither the voting machines nor the tabulation machines where you scan your ballot paper ballot and it counts the votes. None of those are connected to the internet.
0: I want to follow up on that because you actually watched a demonstration of the voting machines and there is actually a report available from the League of Women Voters that people could go and read, isn't there?
2: Yes, we, we saw that. We have written about it. We believe that if you digest these facts, you will hopefully be drawn to the conclusion that your favorite ballot is secure.
0: Can I ask just a couple of quick detail questions about the voter ID requirements? You said Missouri State-issued photo ID is now required or a federal ID. So two questions about that. One is, uh, does the Missouri state current photo id have to have a current address on it or can it have your old address
2: so this gets back to to voter roll maintenance if you have not informed either the department of motor vehicles or the election authority that you have moved you are noted as being on the rolls okay and in theory you can still vote At your old address however in the process of voter roll maintenance if a postcard is sent to your old address that is on your driver license and it gets returned then you get into this loop with the election authority where you are subject to your registration being purged which is why it's so important when you move to update your registration
0: what federal id is permissible
2: the law is any united states government issued id so military ID, military right
1: okay right but if i had just moved from kansas and my kansas license wasn't expired yet and i was on the voter rolls but i probably couldn't vote with my kansas license could i
2: No, because it has to be a Missouri ID. You can't use a Kansas ID. You can't use an ID from another state. It has to be issued by the state of Missouri. And before, you could have used your University of Missouri ID, and you can't anymore.
0: People move all the time, and they move all the time in between the last day to register and the day to vote.
2: And you're, you're, you're touching on something that is new and important. In the past, voting advocates could say, go and vote. From here forward, we are going to have to say, check your registration. Make sure your registration is correct. And then vote.
1: I promise I only have two more questions about this bill for you. The first one is I also noticed that there has been an addition to this that will allow people to choose to officially register their party affiliation. And so I'm wondering why the change and what effects it might have.
2: This is national, this copycat legislation, but there's a movement to restrict crossover voting in primaries. So that's that's the motivation behind um, that whole party affiliation.
1: The last question that I have is this section where they've struck out a clause that, oh yeah, here it is. In a presidential primary election, challengers may collect information about the party ballot selected by the voter and may disclose party affiliation information after the polls close. And that has been struck out. <gasps>
2: Interesting that it was struck out because they struck out the provision where Missouri has a presidential primary. There is no longer a presidential primary in Missouri. Instead of having a presidential primary, we are all going to have caucuses. No! Yes, and caucuses are not an easy way to vote. Caucuses are not what you want if you're a shift worker. They're not what you want if you are a parent. Because instead of just voting in five minutes you have to spend you know, all evening with people that just live and breathe politics it's highly inefficient i don't know anybody that likes a caucus
1: i had so, no idea i wow i clearly needed to read this more closely we are now a caucus state
2: yes and you know don't feel bad because i didn't even find out about that until i read it somewhere else and the reason you don't see it is that it wasn't something that was added they just drew lines through all of these sections. You can do a lot of damage just by drawing lines in a bill.
0: You listed all the people that caucuses are bad for. I think that you could just say humans.
1: Well, thank Boy. you so, so much for helping explain this to us, get into the details on this, because as you said, there is a lot to this bill. I know we'll be learning more and more about it as time goes on. But thank you so much for spending the time to talk to us about it.
2: My pleasure. And there will be more to come on this. It's It'll be a little bit like Rolling Thunder.
0: This episode of Talk, Talk, Vote was produced by Rachel Thompson and me, Anne Calvert. The theme music was written by Hanging Chad Studios. You can reach us at talktalkvote at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and talk, talk to you later.